listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. Okay, so what have we all seen lately? Or since the last time we talked about all the movies we've seen? A shitload A shitload? Shitload. Well, I unload that shit. It's been like six weeks since we've it's been, seen it's each other. It's been six weeks, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a long time. Long time. What have we seen in theater, at least? In theater. Uh, a shitload. Tell me about it, Brian. Um, what God. is it? Yes, yes, you Last time we saw, Sarah and I saw Inside Out with your yes, friend Liz, which was beautiful. Cried. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty bong. awesome. Oh. I did not cry. Yeah, no. Sarah, had, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah was wearing clean. a cold, icy shield. <laughs> Always. Um. Always. <laughs> Is so nonchalantly always. I mean, yeah. She's always. I mean, yeah. With a lot of stuff, I, I was totally like on. I was having a weird uh, day the other day where I was on allergy meds and caffeine. Hey. And I was reading an article about something I can't even remember, but I started crying at the article, and I thought that all you guys would have been really proud of me for crying. You were tearing up. I was oh. a little bit. Got a little misty. You gotta oh. get the poison out somehow. You have a clumped. I was wow. a little clumped. Oh my uh, god. I saw. I saw Ted two. Oh boy. Which um, was typical Ted was fashion. Ted two exactly what, exactly <laughs> um, what you expected to be Ted two. <laughs> it was um, just when I thought Seth MacFarlane couldn't push the envelope any further, he fucking pushes it further. Mm-hmm. Sold. Uh, oh, there's a scene. I'm gonna spoil one scene. I'm just gonna spoil one scene. Ah la 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 la. No one's going to hurt you here. It's Let's just place. say it ends with... I'm just going to say... I'm not going to say what happens, yeah. but it ends with Mark Wahlberg covered in cum. Wow. Good. Oh, actual... As he should be. Yes. Yeah, I feel like oh. I need to see... I feel like I need to oh. see So there you now. go, guys. An actual it, cum. It actually... Like, that sells me on the movie more. <laughs> I know yeah, most just, people want to eat you. I just want you to cum on me, all right? No, I'm talking <laughs> like... Teddy mother for me. I'm, I'm talking like... Teddy mother for me. It's like the end me. of Ghostbusters 2 level. Like, it's Whoa. it's everywhere. Dang, or like dude. That it's episode of everywhere. It's, it's in my in raccoon, my raccoon wounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, Dave and I saw Ex Machina. Oh. Which I, was oh my god, I Alicia see that fucking amazing! Movie. I want to see that. This, this I is... still don't know what the movie's about. Really? <laughs> which is like it's this movie's like intellectual. So you didn't it's, see this movie? You felt this movie? No, I I saw the movie. You experienced it. And Dave and I had like a forty-five minute conversation at In and Out afterwards about it. <laughs> of course, it. you did. And oh, we huh. didn't come to any conclusions about what the movie was about. That sounds like the first time I saw Memento in the theater. The same thing happened to me. We were it's like, "What just happened?" You bring and that had a conversation trying to debunk it all. It's funny you bring that up. Or, sorry, trying to pick it apart. It's funny you bring that up because we actually brought up Memento for that uh, during the. Good it's shit. Memento, not Memento. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> You oh my fucking God. You are such a big brother right now. Fuck. Douchebag. Uh, <laughs> he is always correcting people on their grammar and shit, so I had to do it. Memento. <laughs> Sorry. My Memento. mouth made the wrong shape. <laughs> Forgive me. The hell right it Jesus did. Jesus fucking yeah, Christ. It's in this shape. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm sorry. This is an audio podcast. I made the shape of what it looks like when a dick goes in your mouth. <laughs> mementos so. fresher, mementos better. Fresh goes better with mementos fresh and full of life. Sarah, Sarah, mementos. Sings. The fresh maker. Crazy. We're going crazy. 
Sarah sings jingles when she gets uncomfortable. We need to do some grounding exercises, guys. Her. Name five um, things you can see, four things you can smell, two things you can taste, one thing you can... And yeah. finally. Butts for all. Butts. And finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> saw Ant-Man. Oh! It, it was fun. Isn't it, wasn't it fun? It, it was fun. Two post-credit scenes. Really I thought fun, it was awesome. Really fun. Really funny. Michael yeah. Pena is the bomb in that movie. Isn't he the best? Uh, oh, Paul my Rudd. God. Paul Rudd is great. Yeah. So me and my cousin Ernesto are at this wine tasting, right? <laughs> right. And it's all and they because I don't like red, red, but it's red. I don't like red, right? but it's yeah. rosé. It's to save the day. Save the day. Yeah. <laughs> We're at this art gallery, right? Back it up. Just back it up. Back yeah. it up. Back it up. Just back, back it up. up. And Evangeline <laughs> Lilly was gorgeous. She was gorgeous. Always is. I felt like she was a little phoned in, like Michael Douglas too. But Brian, honestly, Evangeline Lilly has this fat, like this vacant look in her eyes all the time. If you've seen the show Lost, apologies to Dave. She just doesn't look like she's feeling anything that whole but show. There was a really, there were some great moments. Without spoiling it for Sarah, I mean, the relationship between her and Michael and Michael Douglas was really important. It was vital to the plot. So I think the resolution that came for them was important, and I think they played it really well. So they did. you know, yeah. So that's all we'll say because Sarah hasn't seen it yeah. yet. Yeah. That's all we'll say about that. And there's my update. Sarah, go. All right. The last movie I saw in theaters was Inside Out with Brian. I really enjoyed it. Did not get all sappy and sobby like everybody else. Um, and I also, even even when Hockey Land started to crumble, I was. I mean, I was sad about that for sure, but Hockey I didn't cry. Um, also, I think the problem is is the uh, intro really took me out of the whole thing. The the short in the beginning of the movie, uh, beginning of the movie, despite the fact that it was part of like yeah. about volcanoes, I thought it was cheesy and stupid. I love. And it's oh the, my um, god, it is, you're dead inside. This that is literally fucking short. Almost made me tear up. That was oh. this is literally the first Pixar short that I have not enjoyed. You didn't enjoy it, not at all. Why not? I thought the song was stupid because yeah. it was a male dominated storyline. <laughs> no, that's not the why. male volcano oh, was pushing. Pushing his wants and needs but on the female volcano, which he couldn't I, even see. Didn't even I know will she was say, there. by the way, there is a there is a trend, and that's been going on for so long in cartoons anywhere, where the guy will be like more kind of like cartoony, misshapen, and ugly, and the girl always has to be like some sort of version of pretty. And they did the same thing with the volcanoes. But point and being, and that immediately took her out of it. So your opinion rules. on the story? No, the sto- no, 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 really, I just didn't thoroughly enjoy it. But Thank for the Lord. most part, I have not been able to make it to the movies. But I've been falling asleep to a lot of movies on Netflix. Nice. Such as? <laughs> um, or, you know, maybe TV shows. Uh, I watched the last season of Wilfred, finally. Oh, shit. Uh, watched the second season of BoJack Horseman that came out. <laughs> nice. um, watched an awesome documentary that I think everybody should watch called Tig. Oh. Um, Tig Notaro is an amazing stand-up comic. Um, she has been in the game for a long time since the late 90s, but had a stand-up special that made her really popular a few years ago um, called Tignataro Live. Oh. Not live, live. Um, where she talks about the worst year of her life where her mother died. She got breast cancer and had double <gasps> mastectomy, and she almost died from like a colon issue that she had. Oh um, but she but she does it all with this stand-up comic thing. And this documentary is kind of um, from that moment on her journey where she did that album – um, and kind of talking about, you know, that whole part of her life and her moving on. And it's really beautiful. It's very inspirational. And I think everybody this, should watch Sarah, it. Sarah, I think I might have seen this. Is this the one where she goes around and does like a couple like comedy shows in people's houses and stuff? No. Oh, okay. Then that's a total. I saw something with Tig Notaro and John Doerr where she was going around talking like she was fighting yeah. cancer. And she, yeah. Is that a different one? That's a different one. 
Yeah, this oh, is wow. this, yeah, this is a documentary that was just released on Netflix not too long ago. Wow, I gotta check this out because the other one was fucking like sad but hilarious. You go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. This one is a little less about the funny ha-has but more about the process, mm. um, which was really good. So uh, that's kind of what's been occupying my time lately. That's awesome. Sean? Yes. Well, besides Inside Out, which I also saw, and I saw Ant-Man twice on our trip. We talked about it briefly the last episode, but we watched it with our cousin, and because our cousin has a really little boy who refuses to wear glasses of any kind, we couldn't see it in IMAX 3D, which I was like, but I'm in fucking civilization where I could see something in IMAX 3D. So on our drive back in Phoenix, I saw it in IMAX 3D, and Brian, oh my God. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, if you've seen, yeah, it's a it's an amazing 3D presentation, and okay, so you got to see it. Okay, so it's worth seeing it. Okay, cool. That's always. Good. Oh wait, wait, wait! But this is the one thing I did saw, see that nobody else saw. That I, I mean, not nobody else in, on Earth, but nobody <laughs> here saw. I saw Terminator Genesis. Uh, yes, please. And I uh, thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. Good. And I disagree wholeheartedly with all these. It seemed like, honestly, I read, after watching it, I read the reviews because I like to read them after and then hate on them if I liked it and they didn't, stuff like that. And it just seemed like everybody was so jaded about it. It's like, what the fuck did you expect? It's a really fun ride. If you're a big fan of the first two, there's a lot of awesome moments in it that call back to that. It's really funny in some parts. And the way that they rebooted the series, I think it's, I'm looking forward to new ones. It's like what they did with Star Trek. Not as good as Star Trek by any means, but it's kind of like what they did with Star Trek, and I'm looking forward to see the new timeline. Okay, nice, nice. Well, speaking of Terminator Genesis, Sean, I actually went back and watched the first Terminator. Nice. um, Because it just got up up on Netflix. Oh, shit, uh, is it adding it to my Yeah, it's on streaming right now. Yeah, T1 and T2 both went on right around the same time. Bloody so. Hang on, guys. I'm adding this to my queue, like, literally right now. Okay, that's gonna be really loud. Oh my goodness! I just loved watching this again because the last, the first time I'd seen it was as a kid, so I didn't really understand like what was like really going on. But I can really appreciate it now, considering how like '80s fantastic crapola it really can be. It's a yeah. fucking scary movie too. It's it's a slasher yeah. sci-fi movie. It's definitely a slasher. Uh, Sean, is that all you've seen lately? Really? That's all I've seen in the theaters because ah. I've been busy getting my ass kicked at work because it's summertime and I live in a tourist uh-huh. town and I work at a brewery. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, well, that's fair. Um, well, yeah, I mean, as far as like what I've seen in theaters then, uh, I saw Spy, so Melissa McCarthy, Ooh. and I pretty much have to echo everybody's sentiments when we first talked about it, right, when you mentioned it. Um, I really liked Melissa and I loved, loved, loved Jason Statham. I mean, he was hilarious. <laughs> I can't stand Rose Byrne. And really? I really, I wonder if I'm not, if I'm the only one or if there's some other people out there that don't like her, but I have not been really enjoying her performances in any movies lately. I haven't like, been digging her as much in some of her, yeah. com- I liked her, I thought she was really good in Bridesmaids for what her role needed to be. But yeah, because you're supposed to hate that. her. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing, is she, she's a hateable character. She keeps doing that, Yeah, though. but I love, because I love her in a lot of dramas, I love, love her in a lot of things where she's like a romantic protagonist See, and that kind of thing. thing. Those are good, those are good She's things. been doing a lot of comedies lately yeah. and it just has not been working out for me. I like her like in 28 Weeks Later. Yeah. Or it was it 28, yeah, it was in 28 Weeks Later. Oh God, she was, she was in one where she fell in love with a guy who had Asperger's, and that well, was a really good one. Yeah, I think it was, uh, it had a Hugh, da- Hugh Dancy. Or, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what it was. I think it was like called Aaron or something. But all that to be said, uh, Adam. She- 
Yeah, what's Adam. It? It was called Adam. Adam. That's right. Yeah. I just I don't like her, and I didn't like her character really at all in this movie. And mm. and so Spy, it was it was lots of fun. But Were it you was... supposed to not like her? Is it was it like a bridesmaid situation mm. where she's supposed to be a hated character? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But she she overplayed it completely, mm. and it just I mean it was a hammy movie, but like she just kind of ruined it for me. Gotcha. Took it too hammy. And then I saw um, Inside Out. Loved it. I mean, from a psychological perspective, it's a really important movie. I mean, I'm like saying like pe- parents need yes. to see this yeah. and uh, therapists need to watch this and recommend this to all their clients. Like it's a really important movie about understanding and getting rid of the stigma about mental illness as well as emotions in general. And there mm-hmm. is no shame in being an emotional person. Yeah. And you need all of your emotions to be able to function. So Yeah, Sarah. So it's okay to cry every now and again. <laughs> it's okay to cry, Sarah. I'm trying. It's just apathy has taken yeah. over. Oh, <laughs> well, what's missing? What popped out of your... <laughs> we could have a long conversation about that because I have. I've been able to have this, this conversation with a lot of people in my life. And yeah. it's garnered a lot of really important topic or important discussions mm-hmm. so inside out it's a really important movie and i really enjoyed it and then uh definitely saw ant-man loved it and then after going to all these different movies and theaters i kind of went on this weird little uh, at-home movie binge uh, featuring netflix and amazon prime and uh i want to kind of run these movie titles by you guys just to kind of get your general consensus on like what your what your feelings are some of them are i think pretty well received but some of them not so well. Not so much. Moment. Okay, so remember how a couple episodes back we talked about um, Hannibal, and we talked about Hannibal Lecter, and how you asked me, Brian, actually, if I would, if I would have compared Manhunter to Red Dragon right. to, you know, Silence of the Lambs, like, how would I have ranked all the Hannibal Lecters and right. whatnot? So I actually finally watched Manhunter, mm. and it stars um, William Peterson as Will Graham. And Tom Noonan as Francis Dollarhide slash the Tooth Fairy character. And then uh, it has, uh, who plays... Um, Brian Cox plays Lecter. Brian Cox. Thank Brian, you. Le- Brian Cox is Lecter. And then Joan Allen as the blind Reba character. Yep. If you guys mm-hmm. remember, you know, she's the, the love interest for Francis Dollarhide and it all ends horribly. Um, I was really genuinely impressed with Joan Allen. Yep. Even though I will say that Emily Watson in Red Dragon really stole my heart and I really, like felt so bad for her and I thought she really played on that you know that sympathy and she brought out the humanity in Ralph Fiennes tooth fairy um a dollar hide character still Joan Allen what a what a great performance um in comparing Manhunter to Red Dragon though Red Red Dragon all the way Oh yeah, Red Dragon's yeah. better, but Manhunter we said was just really good and yeah. was the first one. It was the first one following in the Red Dragon Hand of Elector like series. It was before Silence of the Lambs. I mean, it really kind of yeah. it got everyone interested. This came out in '86. Michael I did, Mann. I did want to note for the record that that Roxy has just said that a movie directed by Brett Ratner was better than a movie directed. By Michael Mann. I know. It's kind of true, though, Brian. <laughs> it's unfortunately true in this situation, Brian. By the and... way, we're also talking about the only good Brett Ratner movie. Yes. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> thank you for that validation. Okay, so there's what, that. Rush Hour wasn't good, Sean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> watch it again. Okay, you guys. I took a turn for the weird, and I ended up checking out uh, 1986's Cronenberg masterpiece, The Fly. The Fly! Featuring a very oh, buff and classic. lean Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Classic. Oh my god, that last scene where she oh. just blows him to bits. 
it. I know. I mean, it's <laughs> like, spoilers. <laughs> Jesus. If Come anything, on. Who hasn't seen the fly? If anything, that movie. Really? Oh, fuck. Really? <laughs> Whatever. Well, we're not going to spoil how it's gnarly a, it's it all got. About the no, I knew how it ended. It's right. I don't think Brian journey, can watch Brian. the fly. If we know his history with disturbing imagery, yeah, it's I, this is a gross-looking movie. It's gory as hell. It's man. gross, but yeah. you know, Brian's an adult now, so I'm sure he can handle yes. it. Yes. Well, if yeah, oh, I, I had a hard time handling Mark Wahlberg covered in cum, ladies and gentlemen, you can handle Jeff Goldblum turning into a fly. You can handle it in porn when it's a woman. I don't like when they're covered in cum. Oh, okay. But that's also <laughs> so, too much information for the rest of our audiences to know. God. I bet I, you it feels amazing, though. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know... <laughs> Why am I drippings with goo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, I don't know. I think I just... I, I went on this weird, like, adventure with all these different movies, and I had a lot of different experiences. Overall, I felt like they were so campy and so fun and generally well-received, but uh-huh. pretty controversial movies, maybe Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah. Controversially I mean, received, I, I guess. I mean, looking back on them now. Yeah. You oh. you kind of take them as oh. kind of classics, but at the same time, for they're classics because of how, like, either they were well-taken or, or like, not. how disturbing yeah. they were or how, like, well-made or badly made, the cheap the budgets. If we're talking about films oh, that not comes. everybody's here a fan of, yeah. then on that note... <laughs> Welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Newberry. I'm Sean Moriarty. And I'm Brian Moriarty. What the fuck? <laughs> What'd you guys doing, think of that we're segue? We're doing bad movies? <laughs> was Shit. That, was that a good enough segue? I don't know, guys. I don't know. I think the movies I picked were not that bad, but I, I thought they were pretty It was campy. fine. I just thought I we mean, were going gonna... to... Like, all the movies that you yeah. named, I'm like, oh, I liked all you those movies. You kind of liked them? Okay. I like all those movies. What are you so talking about? So then let's talk about some movies that are then generally really panned. Just bad yeah. I, Guys, I'm not prepared for this. I thought we Perhaps were going to talk about a we should talk house. about <laughs> the worst movies of all time. The worst. Interesting, Sean. According Please. to Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know. All right, all right. Let's fucking stop this nonsense. Okay, so this episode we decided that we were all I I have I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give this to Steven, our buddy at Motion Picture Meltdown. I've had so much fun talking about just horrible shit movies with those guys. It's really for the most fun to part. talk about them, yeah. And all they do is just tear apart shitty movies, and I was like, that's a lot of fun. What we haven't done on Nerds on Film is really talk about movies that we think are so god-awful that they should possibly be considered for the worst movie of all time. So we brainstormed a little bit through our text thread, and we're like, what should we talk about? What's like the worst movie? We are naming off all sorts of shit. And so we narrowed it down, and each of us picked one, and we are going to basically... Rapid fire that shit. Rapid, Not, not necessarily yeah. rapid fire. We're each going to be given some time to argue why we think... The movie that we picked is the worst movie ever made. Ever, ever. made? Or oh, one, ones that we can at least think of off the top of our head. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if my movie is the worst movie ever made, but it's pretty fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, Brian, and you know, I like that movie that you picked, Mine's... so I'm going to come at you like a fucking yeah, tiger. We're, we're just... Mine is pretty notorious for actually doing some sweeping in terms of like sweeping at the Razzies, yeah, sweeping at the box yeah. office in terms of low box office receipts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Roxy, Should why I go? don't you start? Should I start this off? Yeah. All, All right, right, your time begins now. Okay, guys, the year is 2004. The director is Martin Brest. Who? Who the Ma- fuck is that? Marty Brest. He directed Midnight Run. Uh, we all called Meet him Joe Marty Black. Titty in high uh. school. You guys, this movie literally made Martin Brest quit his directing career. Whoa. This was the reason he quit directing movies. What was and the movie again? The movie is called... Gili. 
<laughs> Rhymes with really. Stars Ben Affleck in his Wise Guy Prime and Jennifer Lopez in her Journey from the Block Prime. Also, I mean, let got me Al Pacino you. and Christopher Walken. Al Pacino and Christopher Walken, each in their own perspective, singular moments. Each of them only had one scene and one moment in the movie. Wow. They didn't even carry their characters out at all. And I'm pretty damn sure that these two guys did this movie as a favor to Martin Brest. Because, I mean, Pacino won an Oscar because of the director. And Christopher Walken, I don't know, he just probably thinks that... Chris Christopher Walken will do, do he will Christopher Walken will do anything. He'll pretty much do everything, yeah. But his performance in this in this movie was probably one of the most saving moments and probably one of the best scenes. And that's saying a lot. There are not that many great scenes in this, but yeah, Gili, um what can I say about Gili that just kind of summarizes how disappointed I am <laughs> and how generally everyone is pretty damn disappointed in this movie, which could have been it could have been a contender. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It started out as an original script by Martin Brest, and he really wanted to try something original here. He wanted to make a kind of gangsters, wise guy, um, wise guy with a heart of gold kind of movie. You know, and so you have Ben Affleck here, and he's a pretty low-hanging mobster in L.A. for some reason, but he's all Brooklyn all the time. Um, and, what do uh, you mean by low-hanging? Is that like, a cock reference? He's Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty low-hanging fruit there. Um, uh, he, uh, see how I'm like taking on the Brooklyn. Those balls hang down Those like two balls. pairs in a burlap God. sack. He just, he, oh, he has the pompadour and the accent and the attitude. He's just a straight up douche nugget in this, and I just can't <laughs> stand him. Um, and basically, the premise of the movie is he's trying to, um, help out this uh, mobster get out of prison. And so some there's some, you know, harebrained scheme planned for him to kidnap the son of the, the assistant district attorney. And the son is played by Justin Bartha in one of his first roles. And here's where we start to go wrong. <laughs> Did you guys see Tropic Thunder? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the old, uh, the adage that our friend Kirk Lazarus talked about when you talk about not going full retard in a movie. Oh, God. How that really, you know, kind of sends you over the edge there, oh, right? Dear. So good old Justin Bartha oh, decides to not only go full retard, oh, God. but hey, let's, let's pretty much, like, you know, <laughs> insult oh, the entire, no. like, mental health oh, God. community Jeez. in the sense that his portrayal of a mentally challenged youth individual as it were is just so hard to watch not only are you insulted like you're slightly just kind of like what the fuck is this guy doing and what's the point every time he talks <laughs> whoever composed the score for this movie really fucked up they did it like how the room was done you know like there's all this like really cheesy music playing mm. during really emotional moments it was like forced gump on steroids <laughs> you know <laughs> He, I, 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 I can't even begin to explain how just sad it was to watch him. And of course, he was used as this kind of sympathetic character, right? Where you feel bad for him and you want him to be safe, and you 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 hate Ben Affleck for how he's treating him, right? But mm -hmm. as it goes, they kind of develop a, a friendship, and the whole kind of like through line for this is all Justin Bartha wants to do is go to the Baywatch. He wants to go to the beach to see the nice ladies in their bikinis, and oh he he just he wants to go to the Baywatch. And Ben Affleck keeps telling him like we we can't go to the Baywatch today. We can't go to the Baywatch. We just gotta keep you know we'll go later. We'll go later. And that's literally a plot device. Like, this, wow. all this guy wants to do is just, like, be on his own. And Ben Affleck just kidnaps him and takes him on a joyride through L.A. 
And it's a road movie, pretty Where's much. Where's Jennifer Lopez coming? She comes in, like, maybe 20 minutes in the movie, and I will say this. Her introduction is actually really strong. Wait a I second. Really, I enjoy so you're talking her? about the title The title of the movie is named after a character who doesn't show up until 20 minutes no, into the movie? No, 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 no. Gili is the name of Ben Affleck's character. It's Gili, the last name. It's his last it's, name. It's his last name. So his, his character's oh. name is Larry Gili. Um, and so it's, it's Larry. This, but this movie was promoted so heavily <laughs> yeah. as being a Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez it movie was. because they were married at the time. It wasn't. Well, they, so, were, they, they were getting never got married. married. They were dating. They, were, they got engaged. Whatever. So here's what happened. Enough. My understanding is, is that the movie was originally touted to be this kind of gangster movie, you know, and it wasn't going to be all about their relationship. But the producers basically, after they had um, done some test audiences, the producers had said there was too many mixed reviews. They want to go more into the direction of the relationship of between pile. Affleck and and it turns out there's like literally no chemistry between Affleck and um, Jennifer Lopez that it's just like it completely falls flat. Hence why and their relationship didn't last. It's sad, you know. This movie was like basically a love letter letter to their romance, and it was basically a tabloid fodder for such a long time. Yeah, they took what could have been a really good movie and turned it into frankly relationship shit. Like yeah. it was just really disappointing to see like. This script could have been so much more. Martin Brest is known as a notorious perfectionist and a you know pretty good director, pretty good filmmaker, yeah. and uh, he really let himself down, and he let a lot of people down. And I think this you know with Pacino and Christopher Walken in their kind of you know their scenes, like you saw the potential, you saw the moments. Each character individually was really strong, but when they would interact, that's when the scenes would fall flat. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez has this monologue in the beginning. And um, it's when they're going out for food and there's these thugs that are at this restaurant and they're kind of bothering them, right? And she basically approaches them and de-escalates the situation because, like, Ben Affleck's character is all he's going to do is just fuck shit up, right? He's not going to... He doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's he's an instigator. But Jennifer Lopez, her character, her name is Ricky, um, she's, uh, she's a lesbian and, like, that whole plot device between them. So basically, like, it's like... He can't have it's her. It's chasing Amy with a mop, mop twist. This is the second time that Ben Affleck's basically turned a lesbian straight. Yeah, exactly. Oh if there's anybody God. that could. Well, he is good looking. Yeah, he tries. Um, I am It's that pro- cleft I am, chin. I am not actually... That is a joke. Please know I did not. It's that cleft chin, that. Brian, because it kind of looks like a vagina, and you're like, well, like it's kind of a lateral move. Oh, my I God. So, all that to be said, she has this great moment where you just, um, I respect her character, and I really, I respected her as an actress. I like Jennifer Lopez as an actress. I think she's, she's got some really great roles out there, and she's done some pretty good work. Yeah, she was really Mm. good as a fly girl. Yeah, because enough, 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 (laughs) and made Manhattan, they just got snubbed at the Oscars. they did. (laughs) I mean, and this movie also was a nail in the coffin for Jersey Girl. Too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. Know, it ruined it ruined Jersey Girl. Yeah. It ru- it ruined the potential that Jersey Girl had. I mean, it's not a great movie, but it it definitely didn't bode well for the marketing for that film at all. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I guess all I'm gonna say about to to wrap it up. My whole point about Gili is that it had some strong moments in terms of characters. I I liked some of these characters. I didn't like Ben Affleck's character at all. He had no redeeming moments whatsoever. He just was a total douche through and through. Jennifer Lopez, I think, you know, she could have 
been a standalone character. They could have maybe turned the plot on her. Like, Don't she... save it. Just trash it. Why is it the worst <gasps> movie? Obviously, God. bad music choices. Bad, horrible score. The score horrible was score. incredibly horrible. Um, the plot was way too confusing. There was no organization to the plot whatsoever. The chemistry was flatter than a pancake. Um, it was really just disappointing all the way through. And frankly, the the tropes and the stereotypes and the accents, the dialects were just fucking horrible. They were trying to do like Brooklyn, uh, like stereotypical, like yeah. I'm from Jersey. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, fucking Ben Affleck's mom was the uh, what's her name, Larney. Uh, God, I, she's she's like this like released really, Elaine uh, Kazan. She played the mom in my big fat Greek wedding. Oh, you know? I love her. She's wonderful, but she totally linked. Like, yeah, <laughs> bunt kick. Um, she just—they uh, underutilized her completely, mm. and yeah. she just was hammed up, and it was just really just sad. And again, the whole Justin Bartha thing, like it just was really disappointing. I mean, you sure. don't go full retard, and he went and he overdid it. What was the box office? I'm going to have to disagree. Okay, uh, here's the box office. So, the film was made for $75 million. Uh-huh. $7.3 oh. It has been lauded as one of the shortest movies to be in theaters. It was dropped after only three weeks in theaters. Oh, my God. And it was. it's basically been touted as one of the most expensive box office flops of all time. Um, and then it says that the film has set a record to date for the biggest second weekend drop in box office gross of any film in wide release since that stat since the stat was kept. Um, and what else? Let's see. It was nominated for nine and received six Razzies in the two thousand three Golden two thousand three Golden Raspberry Awards for worst picture, worst actor, worst actress, worst director, worst screenplay, and worst screen couple. Um, it won the seventh Razzie a year later for worst comedy of our first 25 years. Um, and then it just won a bunch of other awards for different bad movie award shows that are, that are out there. And it also has this thing, it's been named by the Global Language Monitor as one of the top words from Hollywood having an impact on the English language in 2003. Mm. I guess that's referring to the title, Julie. Um, and then it's just, it's number one in Yahoo Movies uh, rates for the bottom rated movies of all time with a D minus. Uh, and then this is, I thought this was really funny, that there's a critic, uh, The Onion, you know, the satirical newspaper, I wrote an article about the film and it titled the article, Geely Focus Groups Demand New Ending, Which Affleck and Lopez Both Die. Oh. Um, and it's number five on the Hollywood Reporter's list of 50 worst movie titles of all time. And I don't think, I, I guess, worst titles or worst movies, either way, it's a stinker. And uh, it was pretty hard to watch. I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty, pretty perturbed. But yeah, well, yeah, that's and my killed, argument. And like you said, it killed uh, a well-known director's career. It killed Martin Best. Well, best and career. honestly, he hasn't done anything since. It's, he's disappeared. He's gonna completely off the map. Yeah, yeah, he's working at the classic car wash as a <laughs> sham wow attendant. Right. Is this like Breaking Bad Part Two, <laughs> Martin Best? <laughs> I also feel like this is part of the reason why people ha- are having such a hard time like, re-accepting Ben Affleck again, even yeah. though he did an amazing masterpiece with Argo. Like he's, he's come back around. He's, a little he's bit. coming back around, but you know, people are still have that. Oh, Ben Affleck, we don't trust you. I don't know. This was the overexposure era of his career. I'm just saying, after that three-minute, 45-second Batman vs. Superman trailer, I think people are like, 
okay. Yeah, yeah but that the relationship can... he had with Jennifer Lopez, no offense to Jennifer Lopez, but it really overexposed him. And he, he's taught, he's touted that time in his life as one of his worst, most, like, yeah. Well, he was in a very dark and down it's like parts of his really career. Jersey girl, daredevil. Yeah. There was a point where he was, he was drinking a lot Stingers. at that point. Yeah. 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 He hey guys, I want to take this time to, for a public service announcement to everybody out there. Take everything you've seen with Ben Affleck and J-Lo and apply it to your life and just realize don't get addicted to the booty. Don't get addicted to the booty. <laughs> you got to go to Big Booty Anonymous before you let it ruin your life. You know, there's a scene in the movie where Jennifer Lopez is asking him, like, the character Ricky is asking Larry, she's like, why are you so unhappy? You know? And it's just like a therapy session between her character and his. And he's like, I'll tell you why I'm so fucking unhappy. Because I'm not me. I've played somebody else my entire life. And it's just like such a beautiful metaphor for how Ben Affleck must be really feeling. I mean, he's, you know, this big leading man heartthrob in Pearl Harbor. And all of a sudden, he's this joke on on uh, tabloids because right. of this uh, relationship. You know, Pearl Harbor wasn't that great of a movie. But no. he was Pearl the Harbor man status. <laughs> Armageddon? I mean, he's always kind of been a joke. But Yeah, at least I feel like Armageddon was a little bit more tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, but Geely yeah. was the Pearl, ultimate Pearl Harbor punchline. took itself very, very seriously. True that, true yeah. that. But it's just sad that Geely has, no, has yeah. been the punchline to his career oh, for, for, sure. yeah. for decades For now. sure, for sure. Well, yeah. he's he's on he's on an upswing now. So. He is. Yes, Good he for is. you, but you go, Ben Affleck. You go, Ben Hoofleck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All so right. Just... So, submitted for everybody's approval as the worst movie of all time, we Pretty have Geely. Geely. Okay. Well, speaking of movies that killed careers... Uh, I submit for your approval what is without question one of the most hideous pieces of film to have ever been released by a studio. A film that not only leaves you not smiling, it also leaves you kind of offended with some of the content you see in this movie. A movie that spelled the first and last time a director would make this film. I'm talking about none other than Freddie... Got fingered. Dun, dun, Is dun. this like your Gregory Peck moment? Are you trying? <laughs> In the name of God. <laughs> God. Okay, uh, this movie has a fan following. It, it has, has a fan following. Yes, it does. Fuck I'm those part people. of that following. Sorry, I know. I know there are people oh, in our lives boy. that like this movie. Sean likes this movie. Sean is this movie. I fucking enjoy this movie so much. It, <laughs> go, go fuck like, yourself, I, Sean. Honestly, go fuck yourself. Okay. How am I ever gonna see a dude? swinging a recently born baby by the umbilical cord over his head while spraying blood all over like mother's faces. It was brilliant. This movie would not be made in today's world. No. It could not. It should not. It could not. It would be. It would just be released to YouTube. Let me just... Let me just... Preface it, please. Let me just reiterate the synopsis from IMDb on this movie. An unemployed cartoonist moves back in with his parents and younger Sold. brother, Freddy. When his parents <laughs> demand he leave, he begins to spread rumors that his father is sexually abusing Freddy. Wow. Yep. Wow. So That's a terrible premise. That is, is a, horrible. It's an awful premise. It's a hilarious it is, premise. It is oh, an offensive Sean. premise. And I have the floor. <laughs> yeah. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm talking. Shut your whore mouth, Sean. My time. It's going to be really hard for me to shut up because I like this movie. <laughs> Just, all you needed to do is give him three minutes. Just three give him minutes. three minutes so and you can talk. So this was the writing and directing debut of film of esteemed filmmaker Tom Green. Esteemed! <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that. 
Costumed. The colleague. work he did in testicular Shut cancer up. removal <laughs> was brilliant. For the record, he has not made a film since. No. Um, I, I just why. want to put that out there. Um, I'm not counting the Tom Green show. Um, not counting. So obviously this movie was made in 2001, mm. right around the time where the Tom Green show had hit its peak on MTV. He was known for doing these outrageous pranks and this really nonsensical humor. Not really liked by people above the age of 35. No. Um, loved by people of our generation. Oh, yeah. He was... Yeah. I, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I will go see this movie. In I have the only theater. seen... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fully... I Hand on my heart. You see what's happening right now. Oh, yeah. I have only seen this movie once. That's all it took, huh? And when I was like, do I watch this movie again to for research? <laughs> I refused. <laughs> you couldn't bring I yourself couldn't, to do it. I couldn't do it. Oh. I started to gag. Really? I did, because just because reading the premise again, I was like, this is horrendous. The plot is loose, to say the least. Uh-huh. True. You have this guy who is supposed to be this this cartoonist who hasn't found his niche yet, and he has this very... The, the, the through line of the movie is supposed to be about him trying to repair his relationship with his father, who's played by a brilliant actor, Rip Torn, given oh. shit dialogue and shit scenes to work with. So he tries Ryan to. He's trying right to. I'm gonna collect myself. He's, he's trying like sweating. To, he's trying to. You don't. There should be a video of this. <laughs> he's trying to create this this cartoon that involves that. Like it's like this weird. They're like zebra centaur people. Is what it, is what it is. <laughs> which is weird enough as it fucking is. The scenes just don't make sense. There's a scene. <laughs> That's the point. Where Harlan Williams comes in. And he's playing on a keyboard with sausages, and he's got steaks hanging from his ears. Daddy, would you like some sausage? And that's that's the only <laughs> remotely funny moment in this movie. And it's funny for like half a fucking second. Can I just say, I think the idea of zebra centaurs is kind I am of not cool. done! <laughs> I am not done. To make this better, because he just ha- finally comes to a boiling point with his dad... He he fucking tells his mom that he's been abusing Freddy and starts going around. His wife leaves his dad yep. on the sheer lie that he's fingering Freddy. And <laughs> which as she should. And hence the title. Freddy got fingered. There uh, it is, folks. That's why they call that movie. They never actually say the words Freddy got fingered in the movie. But it's there. And so emotional. Good luck. It ends. This is where it gets a little fuzzy for me, but it ends. <laughs> just like, I can. I can. I watched it like Rip Torn and him so. get fucking wasted, and there's a scene where Tom Green jerks off an elephant. Yep. <laughs> and for real. It, and they it did it for real. Golden. And it literally comes all over Rip Torn. <laughs> it literally comes <laughs> all over Rip Torn. And I don't know what it is about this episode, me talking about guys covered in cum. <laughs> it just keeps but coming then, up. <laughs> There's also a weird moment where Tom Green, like, milks a cow and, like, lets the milk just like, go all over his face. I think wow. he had watched a lot of Bukkake um, when he was writing this film. And then you finally get to see the zebra people. The zebra people. people thing at my the end. My hooves are clapping. Look at my hooves. My hooves. <laughs> I want to see 
that part. I can't even. I have given myself a headache. Oh, you poor baby. And Mr. Chairman, I yield my time. Do you need milk? Do you need some... Do you need a- Brian, I need, some need a nap. <laughs> this movie is brilliant in its irreverence. The the fact that done. he went so off the reservation. No, you yielded your time. You I, yielded. I, I, I have one to say. I'm sorry. I need a breath. I need a breath. Sean for the rebut. I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> because he went so off the reservation and was going specifically for all these shocking moments. And anybody who knows Tom Green is going in to see this movie knows exactly what they're in for. They're not in for a. Uh, they're they're uh, the people that are offended by this movie were the same people that were offended by the pranks in the show, like jackass kind of shit. You sure, know? they're in a, on a bigger scale in the movie where they just like, but that was what like Brian the point where Harlan clumped. Williams breaks his leg, like compound fractures his leg on their little um, on their skateboard, like their little half pipe in front of the house, and then like Tom Green just immediately starts licking the bone that's like sticking out of his leg for no reason. Uh, so let me. Let me just sum up with the reception of this movie for why it's the worst movie ever made. I don't want to hear what a bunch of douchebags like you said about it writing on their blogs. I'm and not. Stuff. I'm going to find. Cool. I will refer to, I will quote Roger Ebert. Oh, the king of the douchebags. The king of the douchebags. <laughs> Sarah. Film, Sarah loved that one. Film critic Roger Ebert. I'm quoting from Wikipedia at this point. Jesus. Film critic Roger Ebert gave this film a rare. Zero stars rating, listing it as one of his most hated films of all time. Yes. Describing yes. the film thusly, this movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel. This movie doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels. <laughs> with barrels. <laughs> okay, the day so- may come. The day may come. When Freddy Got Fingered is seen as a milestone in neo-surrealism, the day may never come when it is seen as funny. Okay, okay, Brian. If we're going to talk about what um, former film critic and recent worm farm Roger Ebert (laughs) said. Worm farm? What the fuck? Yeah, because you know he's dead in the ground and worms are eating his body. Oh, God. Because it's funny because he's dead. Get it? Okay, I don't want to We're also talking about a man who gave a three and a half star review to The Happening. So can we take his opinion <laughs> as, what? No. What? No, we can't take his opinion. Uh, Richard Roper also agreed with him so that it was horrible. Roper even agreed with him. Roper gives, oh, Leonard, okay, so Leonard, Gene Leonard, Siskel's Leonard, fucking stunt double says that <laughs> my film critic of my choice, of choice, Leonard Moulton, shared Ebert and Roper's opinion. You know, have a trifecta. They had two, two more away from summoning Captain Planet, is what that was what it was. They just needed rings at this point. Leonard Martin Moulton also said, it is, This film is instantly notorious. Word of mouth debacle became the poster child for what is always wrong with movie comedy. Gags include the maiming of an innocent child yep. and a newborn spun around in the air by its umbilical cord, as Sean mentioned earlier. That innocent child getting... Oh, that was so funny. Compounded... God damn it, Sean. ...by the almost unimaginable ineptitude with which they were executed. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I get it. You know what? All right. From a point of view of someone whose brain is completely fucked, like me, people <laughs> like me enjoy this movie because our brains are fucked. Okay? Let us have our movie. No. I have, one, I have one final point. Do it. At the Golden Raspberry Awards in 2001, <laughs> this film was nominated for and won Worst Screenplay, Worst Actor, 
Worst director, Tom Green, and then, of course, Derek Harvey was the co-writer for that film. Worst on-screen couple, which was Tom Green and any animal he abused. Oh, God. <laughs> any animal. They deserved it. He, and also won Worst Picture that year. Congratulations. Uh, thankfully, Rip Torn was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor and lost. Uh, Drew Braymore and Julie Haggerty were also nominated for Worst Supporting Actress oh, and lost. God. And it also got nominated for Worst Picture of the Decade in 2010. And lost. You know, Sean, it's funny that you mentioned Roger Ebert gave a three and a half star rating to The Happening because I think Sarah has something she would like to share yes. with the rest of the table. Sarah, okay. bring it. First of all, Brian, you need to calm down. Your nipples are about to explode off your shirt. <laughs> yes, they the are. 4th of July up in this bitch. I'm very sorry. Uh, Are there a lot of push-ups lately? Yeah. So they yeah. He's got big outward. nipples, too, so the energy Chasing. yield is going to be monstrous. Energy yield. Yes, well, so mm. I'd like to submit for the approval of the Midnight Society. <laughs> um, the year is 2008. Oh, I can feel it already. A young Sarah Ashley is, uh, had just earned her bachelor's degree. Oh, yes. I remember this summer. It was quite a time. Oh, it was quite quite a party. Quite a good-ass party. <laughs> um, oh. And uh, I just, I feel like this movie is really just summed up in the tagline for the film. We've sensed it. We've seen the signs. Now, it's happening. <laughs> Oh, God. Wait a second! Wait a second! They use Seriously, the title in the the slogan. Yeah, it's happening. It Calling is. back a sixth sense and signs. Uh huh. Because oh. I want to point out what this oh, tagline kind of glossed over. Just keeps because let, like, let's. If this was not an unbreakable film. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, clever girl. And M Night Shyamalan, <laughs> right? Has had a lot of success. He had the sixth sense. People loved it. Oh my God! Yeah. Had unbreakable. People loved it. Pretty damn good one. Had signs. A lot of people really enjoyed it. <laughs> I like how you're like going down. The rise and fall of M. Night Shyamalan. The village. Oh, yeah. People liked it until halfway through. Oh, yeah. Some people really loved that movie all I the way, know. though. You know? They were drunk. They were pretty drunk. Or they fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's Fuck La- those people. Lady in the Water, people went, <laughs> And then <sighs> the happening happened. <laughs> the happening what? Happened. No! And... Why is this happening? Now, the hard part with this movie is M. Night Shyamalan has tried to defend it by saying it was intentional to be a B movie. It was supposed to be a throwback to like 60s like 1960s. And I can see what they were going for and as actually a fan of And maybe it would have worked in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. And as we talking as a, like this? I don't know. As a fan of those kinds of like War of the Worlds or uh you know Invasion of the Body Snatchers or Day of the Triffids and that, yeah. those kinds oh, You mean of, good movies? Yes. Those, well, the yeah. Day of the Triffids was meh. Doomsday movies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I can understand where he was going with with it mm-hmm. but oh my god this movie is so boring oh, i it boy. was within like the first 10 minutes that i was like is it over yet <laughs> jesus has the happening happened already yeah Did I miss I, it? yeah it's 
That's what I watched I mean, last night. I mean, really, mm-hmm. the, the plot of it, guys, you you know, the plants are trying to kill us, or something's trying to kill us. You don't know it's the plants until later. <laughs> it's an ode to yeah, allergies. Yeah, people are just trying to kill, are just killing themselves, like yeah, laying people, down in front of lawnmowers. Yeah, people are just offing themselves. Zyrtec ain't gonna save you and, now. And Mark Wahlberg, the science teacher, because that's believable. <laughs> is that awesome? <laughs> that's great. Is going around going, what? What's happening, trees? Say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me, trees. <laughs> it's true. And in fact, he even did he the whole... He actually talks to a plant at one point. Look, look, I don't want to hurt you. I just want to talk to you, all right? He actually does He actually does that it moment. It actually That's happens later Samber got it from. Yeah, pretty much. So... Can we talk to you, all right? <laughs> I come to you with... Was it? Go ahead. Sorry. What happened to three minutes? Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Too good, Sarah. I know, I know. It's too awful is what it is. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking the most wooden performances from, okay, yes, Mark Wahlberg is sometimes a little touch and go, Uh but we know he can do really well, especially when he's playing a cop. Why couldn't he have been a cop in this movie? (laughs) I couldn't have arrested the trees. I know, I know. John Leguizamo, I love John Leguizamo. He's got, yes, he's got a campy thing going on about him sometimes, but Mm -hmm. I... I love John Leguizamo, too. I adore that actor. Mm -hmm. Zoe Deschanel has done some really good work. Yeah. But... Again, I love it. I love how you try to keep going down the scale. But she... Let's get get ...is not always consistent. No. And here's a perfect example. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, she's got these moments where she, you can see she's like fighting the adorable comedy that's yeah. about to come out. And she's like coming out through her giant expressive eyes that are hiding behind her giant bangs. And, and <laughs> Your bangs I, can't save you now. <laughs> and it just, I didn't, I didn't oh understand gosh. the relationship between Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel. I mean, don't, like, don't get me wrong. I didn't understand it on like... An intellectual level, I uh-huh. saw what they were going for, uh-huh. but I, that was not believable. Were you creeped out at least at some of the the horror elements to it? Absolutely not. I was laughing. Oh boy, yeah, Ex- that's not a good. Especially sign. <laughs> the old lady at the end who's just fucking bashing her head into the I, whole house. No. What? No. no. She's like bashing her head. I was oh, cracking so un- up when the two <sighs> schoolboys that decided to start tagging along with them. Um, get one, shot. One of them's Abigail Breslin's brother. Oh yeah. Um, like I know who that is. <laughs> like he, Abigail Breslin is the girl from Little Miss Sunshine. No, 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 no. Her brother. Zombieland. Her brother. I know yeah. Abigail oh, Breslin. He was the white kid. God. There was a black kid and a white kid. He was the white kid. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just started tagging along with them because the rest of their group all died off. Apparently. And so they're. And I swear to God, like them running away from the toxins that the trees are spilling out. It, it reminded me of that episode of the South Park where they were making fun of um, Day After Tomorrow, where it's like, <laughs> global warming is right behind you! Run! <laughs> that's, that's what it felt like. It was like, oh, we're just staying two stops ahead of the toxins and the wind. And the wind. Because and, you can outrun wind. I know. And the and the boys, when the boys got shot through these windows by these people who were bored up in their house, I was wind. laughing because I had literally no emotional connection to them whatsoever what she <laughs> went what on you guys that's how sad she is right now that's how impassioned she is i the these moments that they're Sarah's sweating to, now look at yeah. her well it's also really hot in here uh-huh the okay mom- yeah let your adrenaline speak for you <laughs> the moments that they had in this movie where um like mark Wahlberg's trying to be kind of funny <laughs> or like these moments where they're trying to like break the tension with humor oh, we're so like it was no timing to it it was it was pathetic and Ugh. 
I'm going to go ahead and say this movie was made for $48 million. Actually what? made way more back in the box office, which I do not understand. It like quadrupled its, what? yeah. Yeah. yeah it it's because of the 60. ad campaigns. The ad yeah. campaigns made it actually look scary and harrowing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you had no idea what's going on. And then when you see it about 10 minutes in, you're like... I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> and then the Arrested other development style. Yeah, and the other the other part of this. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I really want to also point out this movie was oddly shot sequentially. Yeah. And in forty four days. What? what? No. It's so <laughs> very very clear because I swear to God, watching some of the I mean, aside from the fact that it looked low budget. Mm-hmm. It, I was pretty convinced that they were just taking the first take of everything. Oh, God. To just run through it quickly. I'm pretty sure they took the first draft and weren't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and Who needs revisions when you got. No, I mean, really, really, they rushed this movie. There were some, there were some shots, some cinematography in there that I was like, is this fucking amateur hour? Wow. What is happening? Really? Like, I, it all, st- it like started going really, really downhill for me. I mean, it started off bad, but it was, it, started going really downhill when you know all this stuff's happening mark Wahlberg establishes character as a science teacher but like that kind of hip science teacher um and then they all call them all the teachers into an assembly and fucking cameron from ferris bueller's day off as the principal and he's telling them there's something happening out there you know you're (laughs) fucked when cameron from ferris bueller is telling you how it is i I mean i love cameron i loved him in twister i did not like him in this um and he's like trying to talk and there's all these like teachers kind of like oh my gosh looking back and forth I'm pretending to be scared, even though I'm just an extra right now. And Mark Wahlberg is in the back next to John Leguizamo, and then he—you could just hear his voice out of everybody else's, and instantly it's a tight close-up around his face of just. So what are we gonna do? And it's just like it's so fucking awful. It's beyond oh, being movie cheesy. This is, this is. It's like insulting to be W level movie. Can, can I mention the one moment that really just like. Just completely like lost me. <laughs> what? Oh, we're like, what's he gonna say? <laughs> just, that was a suspenseful. Because the longer Brian sorry. pauses, the more <laughs> crazy twist. what he's about to say is. <laughs> I just want to add on. Yeah. In addition to the ridiculous ways that people kill themselves, uh-huh. where the guy revs up the John Deere tractor, yes, oh, and just lays great. down in front of it, I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I get that, like, you have some sort of neurotoxin that forces you to want to end your life, mm-hmm. but, but why was... do you want to end your life in the most painful, I because like it looks and great, slowest it way looks possible? Awesome. I, feel, I feel like what ended up happening it's a great way to use was a John Deere tractor as. The plants were killing people because the crazy guy in the greenhouse told Mark Wahlberg, and then, like, still, it took another fucking 20 minutes into the movie for him to be like, wait a minute, what if it is the plants? Uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure that as time was going on, the neurotoxin was just like, let's get a little bit more creative. (laughs) Not everybody can just hang themselves, shoot themselves with their wrists. Let's just make it a little bit more. It's like the Darwin Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that is my submission. But Sean, wow. I really feel like you might have something that can help bring us home. Yes, I am fucking scarred, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I had never seen this movie. I had never seen it because I mean, who would want to even see it? I mean, even the previews are like, what the? Why is anything on the screen happening right now? <laughs> we are of course talking about. Battlefield Earth, a.k.a. Scientology the movie. Uh. (laughs) Now, let's start off by saying this. John Travolta had been trying to adapt this book 
for a long, long time. Of course. And um, Mm -hmm. if Mel Gibson or Kirk Cameron is any evidence of why you shouldn't let your religion dictate the movies that you make, (laughs) this is also another shining example. Oh, boy. The movie begins, and Barry Pepper has dreadlocks. Oh, Barry Pepper. Pepper. Oh, he's so pretty, but kind of creepy. He's like like pretty, but you're like, yeah, but you also look like you rape girls behind the bowling alley. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on the way his hair is cut. Depending on the way his hair is cut. His hair is ridiculous in this movie. I know. So, we start out. Barry Pepper's got dreadlocks and is (laughs) essentially living with, like, cave people, but it's the year 3000. So first they give you this big fucking block of words, which is always great in the front of a movie. And, uh, and by unless that I mean it's, it's not, unless it's Star Wars. Once you have to like <laughs> give people text exposition, you're like, oh, God. Fuck. So they tell you it's the year 3000. An alien race has almost extinguished all, all human life on Earth. And now everybody's back to being completely fucking stupid. They're like, <laughs> they really oversell the way these people talk. They're like, I, I imagine Elrond Hubbard was writing it and was like, if people didn't know anything and there were no books in history, like, how would they think? And, you know, things like, you know, uh, when when the sun goes down, the lights in the sky are eyes of the gods looking at us. <laughs> Shit like that. Like, no, but, like they couldn't find a fucking book buried anywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> to be like, oh, Damn, no. Son. Oh, this is what. No, those are stars. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, you got the yeah. you got all these guys, and then one of them's like they're like, "Hey, we gotta we gotta fucking go find somebody." I don't even remember because it's so forgettable. But he has to leave his little fucking caveman area, and they take off, and they're like, "You can't go past the dragon because the dragon will get you." And then they walk <laughs> into like what was an old fucking golf land essentially, where there's like a cartoonish looking dragon that's rusty and covered in grass, mm-hmm. and he's like legitimately scared by it, and then realizes it's like just this fucking statue, and he's like. Oh, so this is the great dragon. I was like, how many fucking idiots have you sent over here that were like, ah! this inanimate object is too scary. We can never go past it. Um, so, of course, what they were, should have been afraid of was, I was the giant say, You show these fuckers aliens, they're dead. Brian, why are you interrupting me in my three minutes? Sorry. Sarah said, said xenomorphs and I had to mention it. Show them. Oh, I, I can't going. even hear anything you're saying because I'm pontificating. Continue. So then what they should have told them was that, oh, no, it's not fucking golf land you should be afraid of. It is like the eight foot tall fucking Rasta alien wolf hand people that are like, (laughs) that are. And I mean, it's like if you've seen them, it's like they have these giant dreadlocks. Yeah. They have, in order to make them look eight feet tall, they gave them Mega Man boots. If you see Mega Man, they're inexplicably yeah. wearing Mega Man boots. And then they have slid onto their hands what look like spirit Halloween store cheesy fucking wolf hands that you would just they, wear they as a like werewolf. This. They go like, uh. they even bend in certain parts where you're like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, we get to the alien race that is um, ruling all of the dumb humans, even though the alien race is probably stupider than them, really, if you mm. think about it. So the alien race is like mining shit apparently and they're they're taking humans and turning them into like slaves. They and, but nobody's using them to mine stuff because they think the man animal is too dumb to mine anything. They don't know anything. <laughs> All why because of the language barrier. They just can't understand each other's languages. So Barry Pepper gets like put into jail with them and then this is where John Travolta just goes like off the reservation with the worst <laughs> acting anybody's ever seen in the history of Earth. <laughs> Like, this should have been Battlefield Travolta's acting. 
That's what it's even called. It's like he's battling with himself and like what are the limits of how cheesy and how awful it could There's a line he says in it at one point where he's like it's like before you could even spell your name, I was being groomed to conquer galaxies. That's the exact diction he says it in too. Yeah, and I was like, um I'm just waiting for three silhouettes of robots to pop up and <laughs> start making snarky comments about stuff. I was like, please, please save this. Please, please. save this. Oh my god. Oh my lord. So anyway, the story just gets more ridiculous. By the way, Forrest Whitaker, one of the most amazing actors we've ever seen. How he ended up in this movie is a fucking like we'll I don't like did we'll he, never know. I have no idea what happened, but is I he assume a Scientologist? that like John Travolta was like, Hey dude, like the only way that you're ever gonna become O T level seven and be able to like <laughs> self audit is if I you do this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go clear, man. You gotta go if clear. If anybody knows about Scientology, you'll get that reference. Well, okay. we all saw the documentary, right? Oh, yeah. clear. I yeah. have not seen it yet because I do not have the HBO out here in Frontierland. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's you should probably be able to download it somewhere now. I yeah. will illegally download I mean, I will legitimately download it through a streaming service. There we go. Very soon. Mm, there you go. Speaking of which, I will straight up say right now, come get me. I fucking illegally downloaded Battlefield Earth because the idea of spending any money on it, I was like, I might as well just like give money to neo-Nazi people to make flags. <laughs> did you like, happen to <laughs> tour at the German version? Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, sort me of. Too. <laughs> sort of. It wasn't the German version. It was just that the block letters in the beginning were in yeah. German. Oh, man. It was funny. Well, anyway, so basically what's happening is Barry Pepper at one point, like, they realized that, oh, how is this guy able to, like, function like a person? Oh, it's because, and, oh, okay, let's go back. Hold on. The fucking man animal. If I had to hear the word man animal one more time, like, about... Five minutes into this movie, I was going to punch a hole in my drywall. Like, they just called the man animals. The man animals are too stupid for this. And then what they end up doing is they they, they figure out that Barry Pepper's like a little smarter than your average bear, right? So they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to sit you down into the fucking... Into fucking the eye laser machine where they just, like, bombard his brain with, like, all of their culture and things. And I was like, this can't go wrong. You're going to give him all of the details about your culture, and that couldn't possibly go wrong with this enslaved person that you're persecuting. So they find out that, like, oh, okay, they're smart, but they still underestimate him throughout the whole thing. It's like, people are disappearing, like, shit's happening, and they're like, yeah, there's no way that it could have been the man animal. I don't know. They got clothes on. Like, they got to be kind of smart. They covered their dick. If, if, if something is smart enough to put something over their dick because they don't want anybody to see it, or vagina, or boobs, I think they might be a little smart. Wow. Yeah, this so the movie just like downward spirals. By the way, this movie's only half of the book. By the way, the book is shit. Did I mention that? The book is a piece of and shit. It's written by L. Ron Hubbard. If we it's written by L. Ron Boyfucker on a boat, Hubbard. I just I don't think I could say anything more about this movie without like going full Brian Moriarty, except in my way, where I like a, all of a sudden a demon takes me over, and I'm just like, whoa! <laughs> and then no the fourth sun under the blood moon, You're like shit like that. <laughs> so this was supposed to be the ha- there was supposed to be a sequel, really, to this movie. Oh yeah, oh, it was supposed Lord. to. It's part two. It's only the first half of the book. Ugh. Yeah, and so by the end, you kind of figure out like the the rebellion, like so. It so, did so badly in the box office, they just dropped the idea. And it was also yeah. astronomically oh, made, too, wasn't it? Like it, like, it was really hard to get made because everybody knew exactly what was happening, and John mm-hmm. Travolta was pushing. And so the only reason the movie got made was he had a major studio. I forget if it was Warner Brothers. I think it was Warner Brothers. I, don't, I can't remember. He had a major studio film. that was making it, and they completely dropped it, and it was in production hell where it's like, 
part of it's been made. They started pre-production and some of the production. And apparently there was some vulture guy whose job it was is to rescue stars, like movie stars, pet projects. That's mm-hmm. what he did. He went in and he found a flailing fucking project like this. And he said, listen, I can finish this for you, but everybody's going to get paid less. All this stuff so he could make more money off of it, which didn't happen in this case. And like that's they kind of forced it onto the market. Like, all right, we'll, we'll wow. figure this out. It was really fucking expensive, and it doesn't look it at all. Oh man! It doesn't look like it at all. I'm what like, did you hands. feel about the constant use of the Dutch angle element, where every single camera frame was like they tried to make it look like a comic book uh, panel, and it was just like all, all all these like weird angles, and there was never a straight on shot of any actor. It was always like from the bottom up or sideways or whatever. Like awkward I think close-ups. you know, at, at the age I was at the time, I might have been able to handle this movie as just a comic book and not yeah. a movie. That's like, just a comic book. And make, make everything look more realistic. And like really the cheesy sad. writing would have fit into a, a 2000 comic book, not a two, movie in 2000. Yeah, by yeah. the way, here's your movie that ushers in a new fucking millennium. Ugh. What I just don't get is why John Travolta was so insistent on naming this movie as a really just like homage to sci-fi. And that L. Ron Hubbard, he wasn't just, you know, a Scientologist oh, or whatever. Well, he was a really good sci-fi writer, which he was. I mean, yeah. that, that was kind of his claim to fame initially. good is debatable, but... Yeah, he tried... Popular, also, I guess. He tried his hardest to tell people this movie has nothing to do with Scientology. Mm-hmm. Which, the first half of the book doesn't really have anything to do with Scientology, but I think the second movie would have tied into the themes of Scientology mm-hmm. and right. had a feel of Scientology. Because of, like, the Xenu piece and Well, there's planetary. there are elements of what Scientologists really believe, as far as we know... Um, in L. Ron Hubbard's writing, kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, certain carryovers, kind of almost like it all being if, in the same universe type yeah, thing. Yeah, I just want to know if Xenu gets to be a part of this at all. <laughs> I can't remember because I have, like, forgotten so much about this movie. I was just so angry. I paused this uh, movie and walked outside and just stared into the fucking, like, cosmos for a while, going like, why? Why? <laughs> why would... Why? Why? <laughs> God, and I just, I almost wanted to slam my hand on the ground like fucking Charlton Heston and be like, you blew it up! Damn you! I do say that this movie is the, like, I couldn't, if I ever met John Travolta, even though I fucking love John Travolta, if I met John Travolta, even if, like, I had a chance to have a decent conversation with him, I'd probably be really friendly at first. And then somewhere near the end before he was about to leave, I'd be like, by the way, dude, Battlefield fucking Earth. What the fuck? What the I would fuck? have to say it to him. And then I would ask him very nicely. I was like, please just let me slap you in the face really hard. <laughs> like, please listen. And I know that you like boys, so I, I know you'll kind of like it, but like, I still need to do it. Sean! <laughs> just because somebody's into boys doesn't mean that they want to get slapped. Yeah! <laughs> like, wow, what are you getting like offended that. at that's, that? That's the point you make. Never mind the fact that he's never outed himself publicly. Oh, no, he hasn't outed himself. He's just been jerked off by a lot of masseuses and... Paid them not to say anything, but then they said something. And a lot of people know about it privately. Yeah, He's been in the club. Of course they do. By the way, oh my god, his beard wife in this movie, (laughs) played by his beard wife in real life. His real life. She is so horrible. Like, they have, like, a digital tongue at one point where she just, like, licks him all over. Uh. And I was just like, what? Kelly Preston. That is Kelly Humphrey. I almost forgot. I love Kelly Preston, by the way. She's hilarious, dude. Yeah, she's I love her and Jerry Maguire. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Pepper. uh, Isn't her name Pepper? Piper? Something like that. Cinnamon? (laughs) 
<laughs> she was bald. Like she, her hairline in Battlefield Earth was like behind her ears. <laughs> yes. All right, yes. guys. It was ridiculous. Verdict All right, time. By the, but I'm just gonna say that this movie was essentially like I was sitting on the couch and saying. I would rather be sitting here getting a root canal while watching the happening than watch wow, this movie again. Really? Yes. So damn. Should I, I take a vote? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually ask that maybe we leave it to our listeners oh. to decide. So here you go. Folks, if you think that Roxy's is the winner, hashtag NOFGLY. NOFGLY. If you think mine was the winner of this debate. Hashtag NOF Freddy. Sarah. If, if you, you think, think Sarah's right, hashtag what? No. With four O's. <laughs> hashtag NOF what? No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What, hashtag, hashtag NOF the happening. Yeah. Or just happening. happening. Or just happening. Because and finally, Sarah loves brevity. Exactly. And finally, <laughs> if you think Sean's argument was amazing mm. and the winner of this discussion. Sean, I'll let you hashtag it. Hashtag Scientology the movie. Oh my God, please, please make it stop. I think I may kill myself. Wait, it's over, so I'm not going to kill myself. Well, hold on. That's, that's, not, that's, over, that's over Okay, all right. Characters. Yeah, it's over <laughs> Battlefield. Hashtag NOF Battlefield. There you go. All right, guys. So we are leaving it to you. And on that note, shall we get into some listener feedback? Woohoo! Which hopefully you guys do will it. do. Listener feedback. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. I got a really good one from email. I got one from Twitter. Um, Alexander Pierce at Red Antisocial says, Thank you, Roxy, for having Princess Mononoke on your list of top three animated movies. It's my number one. Woo! Nice. Woohoo! Good stuff. Thanks. That was a great episode, Roxy, by the way. I listened to it today and I was like, that was the Roxy episode, and it's probably one of the best episodes we've done in the last like year, and I loved it. Oh, thank you, Shanzi. That's so sweet of you to say. I, I, mean, I will say, actually, um, Vincent, our yeah. good friend Vincent, wrote in um, and gave a big, nice, happy shout-out for the anime episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um and or for the Miyazaki episode, yeah, and then gave a lot of really cool suggestions. Vincent, for, um, I love Cowboy Bebop, so yeah. I am a huge fan of that, and I totally agree with you on that. There's a lot of great standalone movies out there in the anime yeah. world that deserve so much credit. <laughs> so I will finish my sentence and saying that he gave a lot of recommendations for anime movies yeah. for those people who have not really watched it. Um, Cowboy Sweet. Bebop being one of them. Um, Samurai Shampoo, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Naruto, mm-hmm. um, or One Piece or Bleach, and so there's things like that there. And then Afro Samurai nice. is pretty awesome because it has Samuel L. Jackson. I'll also say ne- Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion is also a really great series. Also check out. There's a lot of anime out there. I thought it was sure. Evangelion. No, it's Evangelion. Man, yeah. it sounded so much cooler when it was Evangelion. Wow, I love how wow Roxy just like nerds I out there. schooled you. <laughs> I've been schooled. Uh, Joshua Testerman issued a correction uh, to us. Um, When we were talking about the piano guys doing the Jurassic World theme, uh, we said viola uh, as what they were, uh, is the instrument, and actually he was using a cello. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shit, thank you for the correction. 
Yeah. So I've got this one subject. This is NOF hate mail for Sean to read aloud. <laughs> All right. So the message starts out. All right, you cum guzzling spunk monkeys. <laughs> I've been listening to Nerds on Film and History for a few months now and have finally caught up with all of the podcasts. This is not actually hate mail. I freaking love you guys and have endured my days managing a stockroom, despite years of writing experience and a diverse resume, with more ease and more poise thanks to your entertaining and funny podcasts. The History Podcast, I will save a cleaner review to email to Eric. <laughs> not because I like Eric more, but I'm worried Brian may cry while reading this aloud. Oh, Brian! <laughs> uh, I'm spelling Mobro names wrong on purpose to see if that, in fact, happens, because <laughs> You oh. spelled your name with an I. Uh, he says, I really dig Sean's sense of humor. It's pretty much a less clever version of mine, to which I say, you are a lot like me because you're kind of a prick. Um, I have to say, this is not this is not speaking negatively of the prior podcast lineup, but the film reviews got a lot funnier after Sean jumped on board. This is true. I think it would be funny to hear you folk do commentary over a lot of old podcasts. Anything, I was like, wait a second. So he wants us to like play our podcast, but have us do commentary over it. That's like the that's most weird. That's confusing. That's, that's going. So I would just like bleep over everything Kevin says. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just talk. I over wonder. Him. Yeah, we could go back and be like, it's the special edition. It's like, what did you do? Did you add Job of the Hut? Did you add like what did you do? And they're like, no, we just removed Kevin. <laughs> Wow. That's how we enhanced it. That's how we did it. Wow. <laughs> sorry, Kevin. No, not sorry. <laughs> Keep going, Sean. Go on, Sean. Then he says, Roxy mm -hmm. and her hippie self mm -hmm. and Shawnee have really added layers Shawnee. to the show. Shawnee. Yeah, so <laughs> fucking with our names. Shawnee. I'm, I'm not sure that you'll avoid pretension if Sarah jumps on board, though. To quote Josh Lyman, that Berkeley Shiksa feminists, I have been active in the feminist community in New York all through college. <laughs> Berkeley Shiksa <laughs> Just he had to put that in parentheses. I'm not Sorry, Berkeley, but no, no, I'll I'm not. The rest. For picking on all of you, but I have to, I've started to feel like you guys are part of my group of friends. Oh. Uh, when Aww. I forgive you for misspelling your names. Yeah. Um, you can call me a fucking hippie. I will say that Brian's probably more pretentious than me, but I will absolutely accept Berkeley Shiksa feminist. <laughs> yes. And Sarah can go fuck herself. Oh. Um, Great feedback. Wait a second. He has this awesome part. He yeah. says, I will leave off by saying you have earned yourselves a lifetime listener oh. and even and have even attracted the attention of my girlfriend who hates podcasts and talk radio. She <laughs> thinks that Eric really sounds like he knows what he's talking about. But since he wasn't talking about Egypt or baby making at the time, <laughs> I told her that that was not the case. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the best feedbacks. We've it's ever one of the best feedbacks we've ever had. Oh and because he's kind of a prick like me, like he just <laughs> sticks it to us in the right way. He's a good one. I like him. All right. We're going to have a clever off. Okay. Yeah. You send in an email since you're a writer that starts a story, one paragraph, I'll add a paragraph to it. Then you write the next paragraph, then I'll write the next paragraph. We'll do that for about eight paragraphs, and then we'll let the nerds decide. Well, we won't tell them which one was which, and no. we'll let them read it, and we'll be like, well, you lose me here, and you lose me here, but I like these parts, and we'll be like, oh, that was clearly his and not Sean's, because we could tell they were Sean's because he was talking about babies being thrown into wood chippers. <laughs> all right, and then real quick, Luke sent us one subject. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is basically selling a Lincoln and Interstellar, but we just don't know it yet. Uh, Mobius. Uh, subject, Dickus. Um, is that one? a Harry Potter spell? I don't know. What's no. the point of this one? It's Makes about... dick shrink? The Matrix. It's about the Matrix. Oh, uh, longtime fan of the podcast. Just want to add to the discussion on the Matrix that the machines were absolute idiots about using humans as batteries since they could have used literally anything else. For example, <laughs> they could have cleaned up the air and used a solar or a dam. People require a lot more energy and work to maintain. Good point. I know, Super right? solid. And then Mo. 
Uh, subject, who left the fridge open? Uh, and he wanted to suggest doing a Tropic <laughs> Thunder episode. Okay. Who left the fridge open? <laughs> Ask Here we go again. Yeah, he wanted to, Again. <laughs> he wanted us to... He wants us to do a Tropic Thunder episode and then really enjoyed the uh, Ultron episode. I would be... Let's do a Ben Affleck... Or Ben Affleck. Ben, uh, ben, ben Stiller, Stiller retrospective, yeah? That'd be probably pretty I good. mean, there's a lot of great movies in that, man. And there's a lot there. of shitty ones. Yeah, there's a lot of shitty ones, but um, I think we could definitely pull up some highlights. Cool. All right, so guys, if you want to talk to us and get your feedback list uh, read on the air, you can uh, go to nerdonomy.com, click the Talk to Us link, and it will send an email right to us. It's totally awesome. Or you can hop on over to Facebook, or you can go to Instagram, or you can go to the Twitters, uh, all those things. Just look us up, nerdonomy.com. Me, you'll find us. I promise you that. If Nobody you have- sends us photos. Send oh, us shit. photos. Because this shit goes straight to our phones. All of our phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We will send those photos right back out into the world. Yeah. Yes, we <laughs> will. Send us the naked ones. <laughs> anyway. Oh, the naked ones. No, don't do that. No. <laughs> send and- us a picture of your behind. <laughs> <laughs> Only to Sean. <laughs> and then um, if you happen to be at our website, if you want to click on that merch link, you can go check out some t-shirts. You can go visit our own blog. Um, or you can click any of those banners for, say, Audible, you know, Ooh. or you can go to audibletrial.com slash Try out some audiobooks. I'm pr- pretty sure you're probably gonna like it and we get a little bit of a cut or if you feel like just giving us a straight donation we always appreciate that click that donate button fundraising is totally awesome yes i think you guys should give us money yeah uh so we can keep doing what we're doing but really the best way you could possibly support us is by going to itunes stitcher going to your friend's bachelor party or going to your grandma's 80th birthday party or going to your cousin's bar Bar mitzvah And just pimp the word of nerd. Hell yeah. We want to, uh, we want more listeners. We want to hear from you guys. So, you know, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. You know, whatever. Shabbat shalom, Sh- motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Shabbat shalom. Nerdonomy bar mitzvah. Funny laughy. Boys becoming men. Men becoming words. <laughs> Spooky. Scary. Yeah. Werewolf bar mitzvah. Spooky. Scary. Boys becoming men. Men becoming Dude, wolves. fucking 30 Rock is like one of the greatest shows <laughs> to ever best. exist ever. It's the best. <laughs> All right, guys, we're starting to lose it. Brian, take us home. Yes. Guys, it is that time. So until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye. Mazel tov, motherfucker. Freddy got finger bowls. You're an idiot, Brian. I'm, that's why. <laughs> and roll credits. should not say during sex. Daddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> Daddy, would you like some sausages? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>